Hello, welcome to BioBased Radio, a podcast promoting a more sustainable future through conversations with industry, university, and environmentalists. Today, our host, Denny Hall, is talking with Joe Jankowski, Green PE Commercial Manager at Brascam America. Today, Joe and Denny talk about the I'm Green logo, curbside recycling versus store take back, and sustainability partnerships with Lego and the Super Bowl champs, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Joseph Jankowski, say your name, your title, and a little bit about yourself. Sure, Denny. I'm Joe Jankowski. I am living currently in South Jersey. I, I work for a company called Braschem, and I can go into uh, what Braschem does. And at the moment, um, I like uh, what I'm doing for that company because I'm, I'm actually selling a really interesting product called green polyethylene, which uh, is a bioplastic. And so that's a little bit about me and a little bit about what I do. Yeah, okay, but you're also a Navy guy, so give us a story. Tell us a little bit about your Navy history. I went uh, into the Navy um, after college um, through through the Naval Academy. So I went to school there and really enjoyed uh, my time there. Uh, got a mechanical engineering degree and a lot of training and a lot of made a lot of good relationships, had a lot of great uh, memories from being there. And then um, from that commission in source, uh, I got a commission and uh, became surface warfare officer and went uh, to sail the high seas. And so uh, I stayed in the Navy. I, I was able to serve the country for, on two different ships. Um, after which um, I, I went into working into the private sector for a company called Sunoco, a big gasoline and, and uh, oil refiner out here on the East coast. And over time that company had evaluated its assets and, and wound up, making some moves and, and, um, and wound up selling the company that I was working for at the time, which was uh, Snoco Chemicals, to a company I work for now, which is called Braschem. Braschem is an on-purpose plastics producer, so they make polyethylene, polypropylene, and, and PVC. They're, they're one of the, the industry giants, and they're based in Brazil? That's right. The parent company is based in Sao Paulo, and they have a headquarters in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and that's currently uh, my head, home headquarters. And they also have a headquarters in Frankfurt, Germany. And so we have assets uh, all over the world, but uh, where the headquarters are, are, are where we have assets. So I, I think the Brazilian background is, is important here because they, they know how to produce polyethylene and have been doing so from petroleum resources for quite a while, but have also now uh, got into the business of bio-based uh, polyethylene because there's a lot of sugar in Brazil, and they figured out a way to be able to convert sugar into a plastic. You want to tell us a little bit about that process? Absolutely, Denny, and, and that's right. We have been producing plastics for decades. Well, meanwhile, sugar has been a resource for, from Brazilian perspective for also decades and even longer uh, before the plastics industry. And so the folks that produce these plastics 
had been producing plastics from fossil-based resources for most of the time that we've been in business. Uh, but meanwhile, things like the oil shock of the 70s have occurred. So that got people to thinking, what can we do from a Brazilian perspective to decouple from fossil economics? So that led them down the path of considering renewable resources, that and, and other things like uh, their appreciation for you know, the environment and, and, and other sustainable uh, development drivers, had led them down the path of considering renewable resources and renewable feedstocks instead of fossil-based feedstocks, or in addition to fossil-based feedstocks. And so to enter the sugarcane biomass. So that's kind of what uh, some of the history was behind why Brascam was even considering uh, sugarcane as a feedstock. And so going into the process a bit, the, the process in summary is one that starts in the sugarcane farm and sugarcane grows in a seasonal way. So there's a growth season each year and a harvest season. And what I mentioned about decoupling from the fuel, uh, from the gasoline and the fossil-based industry was really where the sugarcane industry and the feedstock started. And so people started using sugarcane-based ethanol, which is the second step in the process, making ethanol out of sugarcane as a fuel source, an alternative fuel source to gasoline. And so that was the point at which Brascam started and, and the, the, the process starts for where we start refining ethanol into something else that we can use. And really what, what is at the crux of this is dehydration of ethanol that's produced by sugar mills. And sugar pit mills also produce sugar. It's sugar to ethanol to ethylene and then to polyethylene. That's right. And, and tell us a little bit about the carbon footprint of that. And, and I think it's always great in your case because you're, you have both petroleum-based or fossil-based polyethylene and bio-based polyethylene, you can really tell the difference in the life cycle of these two products. That's right. And in fact, uh, you hit the nail on the head. And that's how um, I'm going to summarize the comparison. So, uh, and, and the impact, the environmental impact that sugarcane-based feedstock brings. So we know our life cycle analysis of producing fossil-based polyethylene pretty well. And, and when we compare that it's about 1.83 tons of carbon dioxide emissions per ton of plastic produced. So when we compare that to sugarcane-based polyethylene on a net-net life cycle assessment basis, we um, have a benefit to the environment when we switch feedstocks to sugarcane-based polyethylene because the sugarcane sequesters carbon dioxide. And the thumb rule associated with that is there's a a capture of carbon dioxide of 3.09 tons of carbon dioxide for every ton of plastic produced. So that's a pretty big switch when you go from fossil-based polyethylene to bio-based polyethylene because you're taking all those tons of carbon emissions out of play and you're going in the, in the direction of the environment and capturing a lot more in addition to all that carbon dioxide you're taking out of play. You're now capturing... Uh, more carbon dioxide uh, through the growth of the sugarcane plant. So it's a really good story for folks. And a lot of people 
are trying are taking advantage of that story and making the choice to switch to bio-based polyethylene. So a five five ton or nearly five ton of carbon dioxide emission difference between petroleum, which is 1.83 tons of CO2 per ton of, of polyethylene produced, versus 3.09 tons of carbon dioxide uh, sequestered or removed from the atmosphere if it's green uh, bio PE, correct? That's right, Denny, that's right. And, and so that, and that counts from a claim standpoint, that counts for the first year because you're taking that, uh, that fossil-based polyethylene out of play only once. So that's, when you, that's why you can add that 1.83 tons of carbon emissions out uh, to that the 3.09 number. But so, then years after that, you're just now, you're using a renewable resource, which by itself has that 3.09 tons of carbon uh, dioxide captured for every ton of plastic produced. And, and so this is a very compelling story for companies that are trying to reduce carbon emissions on their own. And lots of companies out there using plastic, making plastic products and needing plastic for packaging, et cetera. Can you talk about some of the examples of products that you have now that where consumers might see the I'm Green logo? Absolutely, Denny. And one just came out the, earlier this year, or late last year, and it's a Danone brand. It's called So Delicious. They're actually using the I'm Green logo on the front of their package, and they're talking about the bottle as well and 25% of the back of the bottle. And so um, a little bit more about the logo. The logo is I'm Green, and, and what that means is it's bio-based, and we require folks to say that it's bio-based and state the bio-based content and also reference a science-based methodology to make that claim, which is the ASTM D6866. So as long as people say all that, then they can use our trademark. So for Danone, in this case, they actually uh, talk about the, the back. On the back, they talk about the bottle too, just to explain that a bit more so that when folks pick up the bottle, they have that messaging on the front, but then they also have the reinforcement on the back to explain it a bit more. So that's one of the brands that's using the I'm Green trademark. But there's also a brand called Lifeway. They're also using that in a bottle. Um, there's a, 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 a large amount of uh, stand-up pouches that are starting to use the I'm Green uh, logo. And then uh, globally, I know that the I'm Green logo is used a heck of a lot more than I even realized. Cool. Um, so packaging is one place so and so delicious you went into quite a bit of detail just real quickly some of the other products that are out there that utilize bio pe and packaging and where they might see the i'm green logo sure um, we have even some retailers that are using it so out here in the east coast there's a, a big retailer called wegmans and they use our i'm green resin in their produce bags so if you pick up uh, apples and, and broccoli pick up a bag in their stores that you can put the apples and the broccoli in those bags and take them away. And what's neat about that story is that Wegmans also takes those bags back at their stores and, and puts some of the bags, uh, recycled content into the new bags and also are using our, uh, and, and so they, they, they do that to reclaim some of those bags. 
Um, so I wanted to share that, that, uh, some of that story with Wegmans, but also Vinventions uses uh, our resin and they foam it into uh, corks for wine bottles. Um, and in addition, there's another outfit that, that's foaming um, our resin and it's called Seal Bear and they, they, uh, they sell it into uh, the Naturepedic mattress company that's, that's out of uh, Chagrin Falls. There's a lot of different applications across the board that are using on green polyethylene. So I'm going to keep going. Um, seventh generation? Yes, absolutely. They're for a detergent. Their main driver is recycled content. So you won't see the markings necessarily on their bottle, their 100-ounce bottle, but you'll see that it's got uh, a large claim for recycled content. And then uh, their secondary driver is to move away from fossil-based plastic. And so that's where we come in. And we supply the bio-based polyethylene to their detergent bottle so that they're able to um, have a recycled uh, content bottle and a bio-based bottle together. I think that's an important point that we need to make sure we uh, describe or explain, and that being that your bio-based polyethylene is fully recyclable, uh, just like any other polyethylene, correct? That's correct. And, and, and I'm glad you paused here because our resin is recyclable. And if you consume the bio-based polyethylene in, and make a bottle out of it, then those bottles can go right into curbside recycling in North America. And if you make bags that are all polyethylene bags, then those bags are also something that you can bring back to stores like Target, Walmart, Wegmans, and ShopRite uh, here in, in the Philadelphia area. And then they're recyclable as well. But I wanted to draw the distinction between curbside recycling here and store take back. So whereas the resins themselves are recyclable, the end of life streams don't exist in the same way. So bottles are curbside recyclable and it's pretty easy. You drop them into your recycling bin at home and put them out at your curb. But for films, you do have to bring them back to the stores that collect and take back uh, polyethylene films. Now, another uh, often misassumption is that bio-based means that it's biodegradable. Um, and your bio-PE is not, correct? That's correct. That's correct. And it fits in with our, our full offering. We don't offer any biodegradable resins to the market at the moment. And we offer polyethylene, polypropylene, and, and PVC. So this is just a feedstock switch, Denny, from fossil-based ethylene to bio-based, sugarcane-based uh, ethylene. So there's been a lot of talk of plastics in the news lately. Would you mind just kind of sharing your perspective of, of, this, uh, of these issues and this discussion? I mean, there's a lot of talk of even plastic straws. There's plastics in the ocean, uh, questions around all of that. Uh, what's kind of your personal feelings about the, the discussions that are occurring in the news? Sure. Uh, it's, it's, I, I don't mind sharing that, Denny, uh, that personal view. And in summary, I, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, biased because I work for a plastics company. But at the same time, I'm trying to be realistic uh, and with, with what I'm about to share because I do sit in a lot of the sustainability communities when we go and market green PE. So you'll hear a lot of the stories uh, on both sides of the issue. 
I, I believe that plastics companies are still doing the right thing by producing plastics. And plastics serve a really great function in society. They help lightweight things in summary. They help preserve uh, what is being put into packages uh, in general. And so that has a really great societal benefit. That makes our reach as producers of everything able to extend to the masses. And, and whereas people who are making food that may not be able to get uh, as far as they would have otherwise liked that food to get to feed the hungry, for instance, now if you package it in something that's gone to take and maintain that and preserve that food for, for a longer distance, now you're going to be able to feed more people, for instance. Um, like, likewise, the lightweight point that I made earlier, because of the lightweighting perspective, we actually are lightweight in the, the, the auto industry, for instance. And that means that there's less fuel consumption necessary. And, 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 and that's a good thing because now we're feeding into all the other drivers that have to do with the environmental impact of everything. So since we're lightweighting things, um, that has a, a less uh, significant environmental impact, meaning it has a good impact to, in the aggregate. So that's kind of where I'm going with, uh, with my opinion of plastics. I believe plastics are, I still believe plastics are a good thing. But on the other hand, I, I'm sympathetic to what people are seeing and feeling because I'm a citizen of, of, of the world. And I see when people uh, watch a plastic bag uh, float down the street if it's gusty day. And I understand that that litter is a bad thing. It makes the community look bad and, and it's going to ultimately wind up maybe in some a spot where we don't want it. So I, um, I, I'm sympathetic to that. So what, what I offer is that, and, and a lot of companies out there are trying to solve for this as well, is that we together have to be aware of where these plastics or uh, things should go when we're finished doing something with them. And we put them in the right receptacle uh, or recycling bin or compost bin so that they go into the right uh, infrastructure and, and are either reused because they have value like plastics do, or they're, they're um, consumed in a way that, uh, that society can, can consume them at the end of life and, and deal with them so that they don't wind up in a stream or in a pond or in an ocean. So there's a little bit about what I think, uh, and, and we have a lot of work to do from a societal standpoint to create the right environment to, uh, to be able to handle all the, the things that we consume on a day-to-day -day basis and the trash that we make. And I, I stand here saying that I'm not perfect, uh, but I'm trying to do what I can in order to be mindful of, of our end-of-life scenario and, and to play into this, the, the themes um, that, that make sense uh, for all so that all this waste and trash and, and recyclable content goes where it needs to go. But um, I throw the challenge down to everyone in the world to, to do better because we're not thinking about that all the time. And we're not being mindful in general uh, because of the numbers we see and some of the statistics that we, we observe on a year-in, year-out basis. We're not seeing you know, those numbers prove at the rates at which we want. So that's a challenge to everybody. Let's go back again and, and give me your take on Braskem as a, as a company and, and, you know, and, and sort of like how Braskem plays in the sustainable development arena. You know, obviously a very important manufacturer of, 
of uh, chemistry in, that, that's necessary to, as you say, lightweight and protect our food and lots of other aspects of society. But, you know, they've, they've been a key player in, in some of the United Nations sustainability goals. And a comment on, on our company is, is going to be one that's uh, extremely positive because of what you just mentioned. At the core of our company are, are the right beliefs which lead into our purpose. And we believe chemicals and plastics make life better for all the reasons I've mentioned earlier. And our purpose is to improve people's lives by creating sustainable solutions using these chemicals and plastics. So embedded in our purpose as a company is the, uh, the reality and, and the behavior of sustainable development. That kind of leads our day-to-day uh, -day and year-to-year -year and decade-to-decade behavior. And it drives us uh, on setting our goals and participating in the right way in society where we operate, but also society at large. So it's a really st a positive story when it comes to Braschem and how they play into their, their behavior as a, as a world participant. And, and you look at it on a regional basis and how we, how we are developing in a sustainable way. You look to where our parent is located in Sao Paulo and throughout Brazil. And from what I've learned over time, we're engaging in the communities so that we can make meaningful impact. So when we observe that there's not as good a participation in the recycling efforts, we try to help that along by, by teaching and, um, and, and educating folks on what it is to recycle and why it's beneficial and why there's still value in plastics, even after we, we drink a bottle of water or we um, open up a, a wrapper and, and are finished with the contents. And we do that in North America. We just announced something that's really awesome from a local perspective and a, a sports environment perspective. Our sustainability development team, a sustainable development team, just announced a partnership with the Philadelphia Eagles, the world champs, uh, a nine-year deal that's going to try to help in many ways. Uh, and I'll mention one of them for the local communities. They're going to try to take back more polypropylene um, recycled content through something called a capetition. So that's going to be rewarding folks that behave well and uh, bring more caps um, into the recycled stream, as an example. But there are like a lot of other initiatives uh, associated with that partnership, that uh, some of which I'm not yet familiar with because it's so new. That was just announced in August. But this is another example of, of how we're trying to uh, be meaningful in the communities within which we live and in the right environments where we, could, we find that there can be meaningful change. And I mean, over in Europe as well, there, we, we exist there and we're a good player and a participant uh, in the same way. So what we try to do is we try to engage in, meaningful, in a meaningful way in our communities and in society and make change that is forward-thinking and, and it's going to help everybody around us and everyone in the world. So you've had uh, recent news. There, you've coming out with a new bio-based product line. Tell us about that. Yeah, that's really a great progress in terms of our renewable chemicals portfolio. We just announced also in the beginning of August that we are offering green 
EVH to the marketplace. And so that's pretty neat. There was just a recent press release uh, that we, we announced together with Allbirds, uh, who's a shoe manufacturer, to, to showcase that uh, launch of our green, F- poly, uh, excuse me, green EVA uh, product line. And, and again, what, what is EVA and how is it typically used? Sure, it's, it's a phone product. Typically, it's a phone product or something that can go into film. It's ethylene vinyl acetate. So that is, um, comes from the same feedstock as green polyethylene. So that E is the ethylene part of EVA, and it also comes from dehydrated ethanol from the sugar cane in Brazil. And typically, like I mentioned, it's, it's foamed into shoe soles, uh, but I also um, understand that it can go into films like co- co-extruded films and, uh, and, and sealant layers. And future, uh, what kind of new developments are forthcoming? What can we expect with regard to Braskem in the future? Well, like I mentioned earlier, Braskem is a a forward-thinking company, and we believe that there is a future for bioplastics and renewable chemicals. And to that end, we took our operations in Campinas down in Brazil, and we've extended those into North America. And just recently, we opened up an office in Boston, and we're starting to hire folks to and manning up that um, that office so that we can take an even more meaningful role in the renewables chemical development community. So um, that's even more uh, reinforcement of the fact that we're in the bioplastics game and the renewable chemicals game uh, for the long haul. Now, there's one brand that people are going to know, parents are going to know, kids are going to know, and they just recently announced an I'm Green product. Tell us about what's going on with Lego. Sure. I know. I'm, I'm smiling now as you mentioned that uh, and, and teed that up, Denny. And uh, that's right. Lego has some pretty lofty goals, and they want to be in sustainable materials. And I'm summarizing, so forgive me if I get this uh, not perfect, but they want to be in sustainable materials by 2030. And to that end, they made um, moves and have been researching this for a long time, but they just made a recent move to go into our bio-based polyethylene for their botanical parts. And that is uh, something that we're real proud of, uh, Lego's real proud of, and, and has gotten a lot of attention globally. So it's really re- reassuring to me, uh, again, uh, from a personal standpoint, because I'm doing this all the time as a job. But then now when I'm sitting with my kids, I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. We're playing with Legos. And I'm telling my son, who's six, hey, guess what, Henry? This is, these Legos are going to be soon made out of daddy's material, our green polyethylene. And he gets all excited about it. So it's really cool to know that one of these um, truly loved brands globally is also using our, our, uh, our resin. That is so cool. That's, that's such a neat story. And, and I can feel the pride coming through the, the, the audio line here as we visit. So that's awesome. Yeah, it really is. It's uh, thanks, I'm, and I'm glad that you heard that because it's really neat to work for a company like Braskem that is able to activate some of these uh, drivers that are out there by some of the big brands and, and the loved brands that like Lego. You know, it's a re- self-reinforcing thing to know that your company believes in in, in that. Um, and circling back around to some of my earlier days, and, and you asked about the Navy. I'm the kind of guy that likes to to do something that uh, that I know on a day-in and day-out basis, I'm serving a, a greater good 
And then Braskem enables you to do that too. So Joe, the bio-based industry has not exactly been a big shaker and mover in society here for, I don't know, in the last maybe seven, five, seven years. But it's really starting to feel like things are changing. And and in part, because we've got products, the kind of materials that you guys are producing and, and, and many other renewable chemicals out there. But um, for the longest time, uh, that just kind of set dormant and people weren't too interested. There was always a you know, a pretty good cost problem or challenge. But for whatever reason right now, it, it does feel like uh, people are, are beginning to embrace this superior carbon footprint and, and more interested in uh, sustainability goals and utilizing bio-based materials. Uh, is that something that you're seeing in your own company and and in sales of bio-based polyethylene? Yes, Danny, I, I can say in summary, we are. And my company believes in that because we are involved on a global basis in the sustainability community. Um, we are a party to COP21, COP22, and, and uh, are a signatory to uh, those efforts from industry that are playing into the sustainable development goals and the creation of those goals. And we are seeing that on a global basis and on a local basis as well as time goes on. And more so as of late, like you mentioned, the past seven uh, to five to seven years, we see people are, are more receptive to it. Just like, you know, decades ago, people started recycling, or, but they started recycling uh, metals way before that, but then plastics. I'm talking about plastics here. And that evolution occurred, and it took time. Similarly, with the bioplastics and the introduction of bioplastics and the receptivity of plastics, it doesn't occur overnight. And we find that through a lot of the global education and regional education efforts that companies like mine and other companies like NatureWorks and other players uh, like Total Corbion who are in the bioplastics community and with the help of industry, all these efforts and a lot of the big brands and retailers help educate the, the community at large. We find that people are starting to, to understand more about bioplastics and in turn, it seems like the receptivity to using bioplastics is following. Right. It's, it's not something that occurred right when bioplastics were introduced into the market. Um, and I think it's because there's a little bit more to the story uh, that folks have had to learn about. When did Braskem open up its bio PE line? What, what year was that, that, that that was created? Sure. That was 2010. We announced uh, that we would bring to the market green polyethylene in 2007, and we started up our commercial operations uh, later in, in the year 2010. So we've been on the market now for almost eight years. Denny, your work is really meaningful. It's um, something that you've been doing for years and something that we need here in the bioeconomy and, and in order to promote bioplastics. So keep up the good work. Uh, we're rooting for you and let me know how I can help. Always will. All right. Thanks so much, Joe. Talk to you later.
thank you for listening to BioBase Radio, and thank you to our guest, Joe Jankowski, for being on the show today. BioBase Radio is a production of the Bioproducts Innovation Center at The Ohio State University. Produced in association with the United States Department of Agriculture, National Institute of Food and Agriculture. BioBase Radio is hosted by Denny Hall, produced and edited by Casey Needham and Brad Collins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, plant the seed with a friend and rate and review on iTunes.